Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. It's another new episode here in this beautiful June morning. David, it's gorgeous out, isn't it? Well, a little humid, actually. But we had some rain finally. It hadn't rained like in 10 days, so 3 o'clock this morning, at least at my house, David, the, the thunder gods opened up. We, we got the thunder, but we never got any rain. We got the rain. We actually a little bit of hail, I think. Um, oh. wasn't a lot, about 20 minutes worth, but... That meant I didn't have to water my garden this morning, which was really good news. And uh, the garden's looking good, don't you think? Have you seen my pictures? No. You haven't seen my pictures, David. Uh, Man, it, it I, you know, you live on like on uh, Facebook. I I don't live on Facebook. I just you know put stuff up occasionally. Ah, oh, well, I I just I I don't see a lot of people's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't see how people just you know constantly. Have time to stay on it. I, I mean, I, well, you know, there's there's two things you can do. You can waste a lot of time reading stuff, or you can just post stuff. Yeah, I'm a poster. I'm not a, really a reader, but uh, well, you uh, get me on occasion. I do. I get your stuff That's on funny. occasion, uh, and uh, stuff that interests me, I occasionally comment on it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> stuff. It was funny the other day because uh, this. I'm friends with this fellow who's a relatively conservative fellow. In fact, I, I think he would make you look like John F. Kennedy um, or FDR. It's how conservative this guy is. And uh, he says, man, why can't we all just get together in the primary and, and have a Walker Perry ticket? And, you know, Dave, do you think I could have resisted commenting on that? No, I, I couldn't resist that. I said, that would be a great ticket if you want to lose the next general election. Please do so. Um, crazy people. Uh, uh, but, no, the garden is looking good, David. Uh, you know, I, as you know, I know, you don't do this, but I planted four rows of corn Four ten foot rows of corn. I think I got. Uh, I think we had about ten plants that came up. Huh. Didn't even didn't even sprout this year. Um, but we have ten plants. But uh, my lettuce is looking great. The radishes are great. The, well, the squash look to, amazing. Yeah, my squash is doing well. Everything's doing well. The cucumbers uh, are just exploding. So beans are incredible. See, uh, you've, I, my beans. I got mine a little bit late started. I think they, you, my yeah. beans are are up and going. I should have. I should be picking beans probably. Uh, very shortly. I probably my tomatoes got, are coming in long. Yeah, my tomatoes are about uh, two feet tall now, and yeah. I've got tomatoes on them. And yeah, uh, I got tomatoes. my string beans. I don't. I, I have some flowers. I should have some beans in about two weeks. Is my guess. What, uh, what would you plant now? Pumpkins. Pumpkins. Seriously? Yeah, I'm planting. Pumpkins I can't get Saturday. them. I, unfortunately, that'd be at the end of my squash row, which you don't want to plant pumpkins. Well, enough. it's going to take uh, pumpkins about really a month to get going before they start vining out. Yeah. So you have time for the squash really to come in, but the uh, pumpkins will take stuff over. And I again, what spot. would I do with a pumpkin? Uh, you could eat them. Yeah, you could no. see how big you could grow one. I uh, not nah, okay. So not pumpkins. What's your second? Uh, you've already planted watermelons, right? I got watermelons. Okay, yeah. so you already planted watermelons, and uh, I planted them away from my garden. I put them in my front yard. Did you really? Matter of fact, yeah. Good for you. They look, they look good, and uh, the front yard that doesn't have any weeds in it, it'll, it'll grow great. Yeah, well, it's in, it's in a flower bed. Oh, or, that'd or be great. A, you the thing know, is, you can control watermelon growth. Yeah, and you know that once you get a melon, you cut off the end of that vine. You find yeah. out where that vine ends. It has the melon on it, and you cut that vine because each vine's only going to have one watermelon on it. Yeah. So you cut the end of that vine off, not near the watermelon, but at the end, and that'll stop the growth. At the, of, of, so it's not going to put all its growth in getting bigger. It'll put all its growth in, and it won't shoot out sprouts from that one vine. Well, how large should you do it? Should you cut it? How large should the watermelon oh, be? It's just, just a watermelon. I mean, it could be just a, you know, tiny. Softball size? Softball. It's smaller than that. I mean, it could be... But then how's it going to... What's it, what's going to well, support you don't, it? Well, you, you, you cut off past the vine, so past yeah. where the watermelon is. So... 
comes oh, out of the okay. plant, oh, water oh, and that vine will keep yeah. going. Oh, okay. Cut that vine, otherwise it'll keep growing the vine and not the watermelon. I got you. That's been my problem in the past. I got you. I got you. Um, you know what else you can plant now is gourds. <laughs> Again, what am I? Gonna okay, you're not going to eat gourds. Uh, other than that, it's probably too late. Well, you can put peppers in. You put more oh, peppers I got, in. I got lots of peppers. My peppers are not doing well. That's oh, the only thing that's are, not doing well for me. I got. I I did something. I I, I had so many jalapenos last year that I yeah. I planted a couple. I got a couple of plants jalapenos, just because I eat them. Nobody right. else does. But then I put in a, a variety of bell peppers. I got the sweet, small bell peppers yeah. and the regular bell peppers in a couple of colors of red. My gosh, what they're getting for a red and, and orange bell pepper in the store. It's really amazing. I could sell them back to them, you know? Yeah, it's really amazing. I uh, My peppers, I plant all mine from seed, and I just they just didn't do that well this year. Hmm. And most of them died when I put them in the ground. I've probably got about 30 plants left. I'm probably going to go to Home Depot and buy a bunch of plants to stick them in, because I, I planted about... 80. Do you do a lot of herbs? Uh, yeah, I don't do a lot of herbs. I have cilantro in my garden, um, and in the front of my house, I have, uh, and I have a big rosemary bush in my greenhouse. Um, yeah. But I've got sage and uh, and parsley uh, and uh, some couple other herbs growing in my front yard, yeah. in my front entranceway, because they make they look good. And then I'm just going to pick those and dry them. They do. Uh, you could plant cilantro. That's a good thing to plant. Peppermint. Right I got cilantro. Yeah. Okay, I, got I got all that planted. Yeah. Okay. And basil. I have basil growing like crazy as well. But you know, the, the thing with basil is you plant it early, and then the basil's dead by the time the tomatoes come along. So you got to keep planting basil. So. Oh, I, I, it grows well with my tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but other than that, you know, you're in a, a point in, that, in the summer where if you plant something now, it's going to be August before it really comes in. And by then you got maybe start shortening nights and uh, maybe they don't grow as well. Uh, and then of course in August you plant all your fall stuff. You know what you could plant now is carrots. Yeah, I, I did as a okay. matter of fact, and they're okay. not carrots and beets. My carrots are not yeah. coming up. The beets yeah. you do well. With carrots beets. are slow. Carrots um, are very slow sprouters. So I had a lady older than me in the store. The I love beets. Yeah, me too. I love uh, beets. Uh, my wife and I have gotten where we eat a lot of beets for some reason, but anyway. I was getting a batch of beets out of the store, and a lady older than me said, "What are those?" <laughs> you know, Costco sells them a product called "I Love Beets," yeah. and it, what's great about those is they're really clean and everything. You know, but no, I love beets. My wife hates them, but I love right. beets. Uh, I pickle my own beets uh, last year. Oh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd, uh, I. We just we just eat them. I I, uh, I bake them. I put them. Uh, you know and, what you can plant foil, right now? And I put a little oil and oh. a little garlic and then a little honey on them. Ooh. You know what you can plant right now? What? Rhubarb. Rhubarb. I planted rhubarb for the first time this year, and it's growing. I've never planted rhubarb. Uh, from uh, seed. That's uh, a Yankee meal. That's a it's a Yankee. It's actually a Yankee. Uh, but rhubarb pie? I love rhubarb pie. With black-eyed peas on the side? I'm not a big black-eyed <laughs> pea guy, but rhubarb pie I do love. Well, um, what's happening in the uh, what? The what's the well, now that we show? talked the garden update, thank you everybody for tolerating us on the on the garden update here on the Immigration Hour. But uh, uh, you know, uh, David, we had the uh, the decision from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals a couple weeks ago, the same day of our show two weeks ago, uh, in which the Fifth Circuit, in uh, in your friend Jerry Smith's opinion, uh, shut down the Obama administration on uh, the idea that they could promulgate regulations that affected the ability of Texas to give out driver's licenses. Uh, which is a bunch of horse manure. But um, did you know that's not the final decision from the Fifth Circuit? Mm. It is not. Uh, that was a, a hearing in front of the motions panel 
on the motion for stay. Uh, the merits panel uh, is going to hear the actual appeal of the injunction. So basically what the Obama administration did initially was they appealed the decision of Hannon to grant a stay, to stop DACA, DAPA temporarily. And that went to the motions panel, which included uh, your buddy Jerry. Uh, but they also then appealed the actual decision of the denial of the uh, of uh, or the grant of the stay. So first it was a motion for stay, and then it was the injunction he put into place. So that injunction appeal is now in front of the Fifth Circuit as well. Oral arguments are on July 10th. Uh, and you and said it was a different group of judges? Different panel of judges, uh, because it's the motions panel is different. Now, here's what's interesting. Usually, usually one panel in a district, in a okay. circuit, cannot overrule another panel. Is it six judges? On There's 15 judges on the, on 15? In, 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 the, uh, in, the fifth, in the Fifth Circuit, wow. and three judges on each panel unless you go unbunk. So they'll get another three, three different judge panel. And usually a panel cannot overrule uh, another panel. But here's what's very interesting. On Friday, uh, the Fifth Circuit sent a letter to the lawyers in the case asking for, quote, a briefing, more briefs, addressing the pertinent portions of the majority and dissenting opinions issued by the panel that included uh, Smith, Elrod, and, uh, and Higginson. Significantly, the letter, however, also advised attorneys to be mindful of the relationship between motions panels and merits panels as stated in the court's Matern versus Eastern Kodak Company that held that, quote, a panel hearing the merits of an appeal may review a motion panel ruling and overturn it where necessary, and that the merits panel must be especially vigilant, whereas here the issue is one of jurisdiction. David, that says, that, that written between the lines of that is something very, very powerful. Which basically says, in, from my point of view, you know, this is a jurisdiction case. And Higginson, who was the dissenting vote, said there is no jurisdiction to hear this case. We, we should not be here. And if there is no jurisdiction to hear this case, everything else that panel said is irrelevant. Everything else that Hannon said is irrelevant. Uh, this speaks volumes to me that the new panel wants to see if they really have jurisdiction in this case. Pay attention to what Higginson wrote. Pay attention to what uh, Elrod and uh, Smith wrote with Elrod joining. And I think we could easily see another decision from the Fifth Circuit by August, uh, early August likely, uh, shutting down uh, the stay and allowing DAPA to move forward. Uh, This is actually a little... That's good news, frankly, the way that that was written. Um, Very good news for families hoping to benefit because Smith's opinion... Uh, really uh, just destroys Obama's legal arguments if it's really binding on future panels. But because it's a motions panel, it's clearly not binding on future panels, uh, and it lets the appeals court, um, they, they can basically give no deference to it at all. And they can ignore Hannon's decision as well, because they're looking at jurisdiction as not an issue where you have to give deference to the underlying court. Um, so it's, it's de novo, and it should be very, very interesting. Um, it's interesting because Hannon himself is a very smart guy, and he was clearly trying to, um, uh, I mean, his, obviously hostility towards Obama and their administration policies, but he engaged in atypical tactics, uh, which appeared to be an intentional effort to prevent the higher court from reviewing his decisions. 
and he, you know, he also tried to sanction the Justice Department attorneys uh, because they didn't immediately disclose information that was not even relevant and anything he had jurisdiction over. Uh, so I think this could um, this could be really interesting uh, about whether uh, this happens. Because what's interesting is Smith and Elrod ignored a recent Fifth Circuit decision uh, that uh, the Justice Department and, and, and DHS and Obama had jurisdiction to create DACA. They had power to create DACA, and it wasn't violative of any rights or any process. So it's, I, th- I think the Fifth Circuit doesn't view Han- uh, Smith and Elrod's decision as binding. So this is really good news for the, for the, for the court. Now, I will tell you, uh, David, that because that is good news for the court, we have to look and see, is the Obama administration up to the task? Are they up to the task? And that is my big concern here because, honestly, I'm not sure they are. Uh, there was a uh, uh, interesting article uh, that came out uh, yesterday in which uh, I was quoted, which is always fun to be quoted, um, and uh, talking about did the Obama administration drop the ball? Did they drop the ball? Uh, and and the reality is, I, I think they uh, I think they did drop the ball here um, as they as they handled the case in front of the immigration judge, in front of the, front of the district court judge. So this was an article, uh, David, that was on your favorite news outlet, MSNBC. Um, I know you're a big fan of MSNBC. Uh, entitled, Unforced Errors Against Immigration Actions. Stack Against Immigration Actions. Um, you know, Obama, he's frustrated. You know he's a frustrated man. <laughs> Obviously, I'm frustrated, Obama said Monday during a news conference, uh, pointing to a legal challenge pending in the federal court, because why would anybody challenge his decisions? I mean, David, you wouldn't dare challenge his decisions, would you? I mean, you, you support him wholeheartedly as he moves towards the end of his presidency. Only because you're my leader and you tell me that I am. <laughs> when we come back from our break here, we're going to talk about the unforced errors by the Obama administration and what we hope they can fix going forward here in the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? 
All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Web Radio and the Immigration Hour. David, it's great to be here again today. We were just talking about the unforced errors uh, of the Obama administration, the DOP Act, and you were commenting offline that this appears to be a pattern in the Obama administration, um, including today's comments about ISIS and about them not having a plan. Uh, reading between the lines of his, of his statement, stunningly stupid, as if anybody could – I just don't get the guy. Uh, either he can't lie and just says whatever's on his mind, or – he can lie, and he's, like, pulling a big fool on everybody. I, I just don't know which one it is at this point. Uh, but his DHS, now the good news is his head of DHS is confident we're going to win the case. Okay, um, Here's what Obama said. We are being as aggressive as we can legally to first and foremost appeal that ruling and then to implement those elements of immigration executive action that were not challenged in court. That's not true. That is just not true. There's nothing else that's been implemented from his executive act orders on executive action in November. Nothing. Nothing. Seven months in, nothing. I don't know whether he knows it or not, but in 16 months, he's not going to be president. 17 months, he's not going to be president anymore, um, which will be good for you, David. Your bad news is Hillary's going to be the next president. But that, that, that's your bad news, um, unless Republicans get, some, get their act together. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that later in the show. Um, so, <laughs> Obama appeared visibly disappointed. Uh, <laughs> just, um, so, here's what's going on. Obama signs the executive orders. The government gets going to get it up and down. Obama clearly did not anticipate the vis- visceral reaction by the GOP and by the states in going after him. Um and that confidence that Obama had in that he did not plan for the fight, uh, prematurely issued benefits under the new executive order, uh, oversight, uh, which infuriated uh, Hannah that he threatened to block uh, the threatened sanctions against the government. Uh, now, what's interesting about this, these two separate court defeats, uh, they're pumping the brakes. They have literally stopped working on the building. So they leased a 280,000 square foot building. Now, David, that is a big butt building. 280,000 square feet. Now, David, you're in a building here. You've got a couple thousand square feet, I'd imagine, a little bit less than that. It's a big building, a lot of space here. This building itself can't have more than, what, 10,000, 12,000 square feet, something like that? 288,000 square foot building. They already leased. They leased the, like the week after they announced DAPA. Um, you know what they're doing in that building now? Training 30 people a week in that building. They bought all the furniture. Furniture came with furniture, but they had to buy. They bought all the computers. They spent. The idea was they were going. It was going. The program was going to cost them 460 million, and the fees they were going to make were 465. So it was going to be a net a net zero for the government uh, as far as the cost. <clears throat> But they literally had to stop because they don't have any money to do that. They don't have extra money to run, run a building, but they still got to pay the lease on this building. Um, but here's what's going on. Uh, the, uh, the chance the government had to begin, because it was abandoned last week when they wouldn't go to the Supreme Court. 
The move was seen by many as a failure by the Justice Department to get the preliminary injunction on the programs lifted. Others claim it was strategic retreat designed to allow lawyers for the administration time to prepare for arguments in July at the Fifth Circuit, which is notorious conservative. Daniel Costa, who's director of law and policy research at the Economic Policy Institute, said, quote, they should pull out all the stops, but they're making a judgment call that will be a waste of time and effort on something they're not going to win. We talked about this before, David. This is, this is, uh, this is just crazy stuff. Uh, now, this reporter, uh, she talked to me uh, earlier, Amanda Sukuma, talked to me earlier last week, and I kind of gave her a, back, a lot of background on you know, what's going on, what's happening, so she understood what, what, what the process was. Um, that she says this, Both the district and appeals courts would decide against the administration did not come as a surprise. The states behind the lawsuit were strategic in finding sympathetic courts to file a suit. That was actually for me. But for the immigration attorneys on the ground, with the, with the community frustrated over the delays, any unnecessary misstep could have riffable effects. And here's, this is from me, by the way. Quote, this is like watching a tennis match be lost because they keep hit on hitting the ball into the net. There are a lot of unforced errors here. Now, I said a lot of other stuff that were more damning to the government that she did not put in there. Um, Hannon's order cited the administration's failure to comply with the Administrative Procedures Act. Um, uh, he concluded the administration was required to hold a 30-day notice of comment period when announcing, okay, yeah, they could do that. The administration contests Hannon's decision, arguing executive measures are a policy shift, not a new regulation, which requires no public comment. Peter Margulies at Roger Williams University School of Law said the administration still has the option to open a notice of comment period, but it's an option it's not jumping on. They would, that, they would tacitly admit they were wrong and not going that way in the first place. So what? Admit it. You can get it done in an emergency session and be done. Um, uh, very disappointing. Again, the, the missteps by the my, my focus, and she tries to take this out, was on the government lawyers. They sent the B team to the, bat, to, to the field. For this case, they did not send the A team. They did not hire. You know, you know the government hires outside counsel. You know that, right? On occasion to represent them, uh, they didn't call outside counsel who would much much more effectively represent them in this. Uh, they didn't even have the people in the government that work on immigration issues represent them in this. They had the Office of Civil Rights represent them in this case. People with no zero immigration background. Remarkably disheartening uh, that the Obama administration. Uh, literally shoots itself in the foot whenever it gets the chance. It, it, and David, you see this in things you don't agree with them on. Um, for example, your f- current favorite government program, which is Obamacare. Yeah, well, uh, I, I was, was going to ask, right? did, did your, your president's uh, other statement this weekend? About having no plan B. Well, no, beyond that, about, no, about the Supreme Court. Well, and, they shouldn't have taken the case in the first place. And, uh, you know, he's telling them, he's, he's trying to pull intimidation on the Supreme Court. I, I, I don't think they're intimidating. He, uh, he might be jerking the wrong people's leg. You know? Yeah, he, he said, you know, the reality is he's going to, Obamacare is going to be sustained because Roberts is going to sustain it, okay? That's going to happen. Just, David, mark that down. I said that today. Write that down, okay? I said it, therefore it will happen. Uh, it will be upheld. But why would you, you say, you know, the Supreme Court will have the case and they get to decide the case and I look forward to the decision? Uh, that's, that's what I would have said. That's what a normal president would have said. To say they shouldn't have taken the case in the first place, they, dude, that's water under the bridge whether they did or not. Okay? They took the case. That's, that's it. But telling them basically you should rule this way. 
Well, presidents do that stuff all the time. I mean, he appealed in court and told him that, David. I mean, the Solicitor General represents the President of the United States. So, I mean, he could say stuff like that, but it's dumb. It's like taunting Scalia. I, I can't wait to see what Scalia writes about that, because I'm sure he'll write something. Uh, only because it's Scalia, and he likes to he writes stuff like that. Um, but you do know that they had, there is no plan B from either the President or Congress should Obamacare be shut down. And you're going to have a lot of angry people if that happens, David. Well, not as many as they thought were going to sign up initially and say, oh, uh, we, I love it. Enough to essentially ensure no Republican gets elected president of the United States, <laughs> which is already the fact, uh, because you've got now a lot of GOPers coming out and saying, hey, we cannot win the next election unless we find out a way to deal with the immigration issue. Uh, we, we can't. We just can't do it. Uh, there was a uh, terrific article uh, that came out uh, just yesterday um, that uh, by Juan Williams. Now, you know who Juan Williams is, right? He's on Fox. He's a Fox News contributor. Uh, He'd be a liberal one. <laughs> he said that he's not as clear as he can be when he speaks, but um, he, he wrote this. Immigration is the kryptonite of the GOP Republican Congress, the GOP Congressional Caucus. I thought that, I mean, that is a perfect analogy. It is kryptonite to the current Republican Congress. Uh, with 18 months of Republican control in Congress remaining, Boehner and McConnell could do their party a big favor by lining up the votes to pass an immigration reform package. That would change the campaign dynamic by allowing Republicans to take credit for ending the gridlock and making reform a reality. Now, right now, remember, McConnell said that becoming majority leader pledged the single best thing his GOP majority could achieve is not to mess up the playing field for whoever the nominee ultimately is. Right now, that means passing immigration reform. The Senate's bipartisan panel passed, not in the vine because of the GOP, right-wing talk radio, anti-immigration caucus crazy people. First of all, is what Juan Williams says. The Republican obsession with border security looks more and more untethered from reality. Now, David, this is not written by a liberal. It's not. Nobody's going to accuse Juan Williams of being a liberal. Um, as he says, there's no rush of Mexicans coming across the southern border. According to the Pew Research Center, which by all measures is a, a nonpartisan group, um, more Mexicans may be leaving the U.S. entering for the first time in decades. Arrests of people trying to enter illegally over the first half of this fiscal year are 28% lower than they were last year. Greg Sieb, writing in the Wall Street Journal, another not liberal rag, pointed out the central facts of the debate have changed. The premise of the immigration debate, this is quote, that waves of Hispanic immigrants are sweeping across southern borders, swelling nation's population of undocumented immigrants, and transforming the culture and economy is caught in a time warp. In 2013, China replaced Mexico as the top country sending immigrants according to the U.S., according to the new census. Wow. So this idea that you've got to get border security first, Juan Williams himself is saying, time warp, untethered from reality. Um, McConnell and Bader could enlist their caucus to find common ground with GOP-leading business leaders who want the U.S. economy to benefit from the vitality of the world's top brains. Second, the House has reason to act because the polling is clear 
that voters want immigration reform. Now, David, that poll is fascinating. Um, this, this came out uh, just uh, just a couple days ago that even Republicans are unhappy with the GOP's stance on immigration. Uh, the numbers you're looking at is from May 12th to May 18th. Uh, again, this came out from the Pew, the Pew folks. Um, Democrats rate their party better on illegal immigration. Okay, that's not a surprise. Um, Democrats leaners, rep leaners, saying their party is doing everything their views on immigration. So illegal immigration, whatever that means. So Democrats say, 51% say their party is doing a good job on illegal immigration. And then this question, those in the U.S. illegally should be allowed to stay in the U.S. if they meet certain requirements. Democrats, 55%. Um, And Republicans, those in the illegally in the U.S. should be allowed to stay in the U.S. if they meet certain requirements, 55%. So these numbers are just stunning. Uh, In everybody together, 72% of American voters say that people that are here undocumented should have a way to stay in the U.S. legally. 42% of them say give them permanent residence. Uh, So you've got a huge number. Even 56% of Republicans believe this, David. If 56% of Republicans believe that, why isn't the Republican Party doing something about it? Why, why are there a couple of their candidates moving further to the right instead of further to the left with Bush? Um, I, I am just fascinated by this idea, David, that the GOP thinks they can win the next election without addressing immigration. I just don't get it. You get it, David? You don't get it either, do you? I could tell you don't get it. Um, let's take a quick break here on Immigration on Market Road Brady. We'll be right back with more fun times. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Hi, I'm Ray Bowman, hoping you'll join us each Friday at noon for our new show, Food and Farm, brought to you by FeedstuffsFoodLink.com, only on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. This is your host, Charles Cook. It's great to be with you, David. Uh, enjoying today's show a little bit and uh, looking forward to uh, a good week. We've had at our, at our firm a couple of big victories this week at the Board of Immigration Appeals, which we're going to be putting on face, uh, Facebook here shortly and on our blog, uh, where we have reversed uh, two denials from immigration judges here in Atlanta. Uh, on juvenile cases, uh, one of which was a single parent uh, SIJ. So we're very excited about that and uh, look forward to going back to court on those cases and saying, I told you so. <laughs> it's always good to do that. 
Did, did you know who Andy Puzder is? You ever heard of Andy Puzder? Probably don't know who he is. Andy who? Puzder. P U Z D E R. Uh, don't worry, I didn't know who he is either. Uh, <laughs> but he is president of CKE Restaurants. Oh, oh, that Andy. That Andy Puzder, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, Andy, um, uh, <laughs> he had an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal yesterday um, uh, directed towards GOP presidential hopefuls. Um, and he said this, the winner is the Democratic nominee when the Republicans bang up each other on immigration. Because she can use... Immigration is a powerful weapon. Uh, she, while she has commented on little else, she has all of her promise and reflected she would go beyond President's questionable executive order. Uh, he said this, The GOP needs to end the family drama and resolve the policy dispute. Here's how you do it. First, he has some really good points here. I like this. Sovereignty. The U.S. has the right to determine the conditions on which non-citizens cross its border. Of course we do. Work with Congress. Make that determination. Um and move forward. Now, that's kind of a non-issue. I think he's kind of a throwaway. Border security. Again, he's kind of caught in his time warp. One of the government's primary duties is protect the border. Give terrorism and organized crime, drug cartels, weapons, and human trafficking. The federal government must secure the borders at first step. Even candidates perceived as more open on immigration agree. Okay, well, we all agree on that, but why don't you do anything about it? Um, enforcing our laws. The U.S. is a nation of immigrants, but a nation of laws. The federal government must enforce our laws internally, penalizing those who overstay their visas, Implementing a universal verification system so employers can ensure they're hiring legal employees. Again, that's he verifies there. Okay, that's nothing. I'm, I'm, it's hilarious to me that a restaurant owner wants to do this, but you know why? No, it's hilarious that we we can't even control our own computers and keep them from. And now the military's been hacked into. Yep. Yep. Are you surprised by that? I, I don't know the extent of it. I know the, it was the Army. Um, was well, it was the Army personnel by? people. It was the Office of Personnel. It wasn't necessarily yeah. the Army. Um, well, The only people what, not going to get hacked is the NSA. <laughs> NSA and the CIA are not going to get hacked. Um, here's what Putzler also says, though. Legal immigration policies should support economic growth. Guest worker programs. You know, uh, address the illegal population. The next president will need to work with Congress to establish consequences for violating laws that are harsh enough to be meaningful, but also reasonable. With some 11 million people leaving the U.S. illegally, every candidate should support a path to legal status, short of citizenship, for those willing to act responsible, accept responsibility for their actions, take consequences, which they all are. Pay a fine, pass a background check, demonstrate the ability to be independent of welfare, engage in community service, learn English, take civics courses. Of course, the government's going to pay for all that. Uh, everything except amnesty. I, David, once again, I don't think Mr. Pudzer know what the word amnesty means. Um, so, I, I mean, I th- his point is well taken. The GOP needs to do something on immigration. The candidates should be united on this. But, David, they won't be. And why won't they be? Because in order to win a nomination, you have to do one of two things in the GOP. And the Democratic caucus as well, but more so in the GOP. You either have, you have, have to pander to the base, the basis of the base... Okay, which then makes you very anti-immigrant, like Walker. Or you have to excite the middle who will come out in a primary. Now, I think some people have chosen the low road, like Walker, because it's easier to motivate the base to come out than to motivate the middle to come out in a primary. Bush is clearly choosing the latter. I'm going to motivate the middle to come out for me in a primary. Now, David, I need your prognostication this next this next year. 
to date, I know you're not a big fan of any of these guys. Who is going to be the nominee? Uh, you're looking at you got your crystal ball out right now. You've looked at the candidates. Who's going to be the nominee? Really, you don't have a guy that you think this this could be the guy. You don't want you don't want to put anything on the table here. You know, red or black. <laughs> and black being the key word. Um, I, I think we may be in for a surprise. You think so? Yeah. You think so? So Don Trump is going to be the candidate then. <laughs> <laughs> Not that big of a surprise, he Not says. That big. Oh, he's not going to run. Give me a break. He, uh, he likes playing his little games. And stuff. So you're thinking Bobby Jindal? No. No. No, I, no he'll, never, he'll never get on the board. Um, he has a 32 He has a lower approval rating in Louisiana than Obama does. A state Obama lost by 17 points. Yeah. He's been studying. He's been studying. Yeah. He's been studying. And uh, he made a very good speech. I don't know if you listened. Uh, uh, just a part of it. Just a part. Uh, of it. He's clearly been practicing. Pardon? He's clearly been practicing. Uh, he's, his only problem is he's under indictment in in Texas. Or. Uh, for the crime of undue undue influence. Oh. Yeah, well, that'll never get beat. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, he may be a dark horse that comes out. I, I, I agree. I don't think I don't think he's and he's not bad on immigration issues. Um, I just don't think he's competent enough to be president. I'm tired of incompetent presidents. We've had two in a row. I tell you what. Have you ever been a pilot? I've been flown once in a training thing. Yes, with a guy. You, Scared to. Or no, no. I was just I took my first lesson basically. So. Um, you know, he was a C-130 pilot. Oh, was he really? So he's not an idiot then. He just plays one on television. Um, I, I think it's like a lot of candidates. They either get, and Obama's truth is, is part of it, um, they either get the wrong people or people advising them incorrectly. And uh, they take their advice, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and then they wind up looking like it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think Perry could conceivably be a dark horse. I don't. I don't doubt that. I think that's, that's a good Um He's got. Does he have his own billionaire? Because you got to have your own billionaire in order to win the primary. Uh, no, see, Texas is a little different. In the, he's got several. He's got several. <laughs> that's, that's like the old joke of uh, I own a ranch, and the guy says, "Well, how big's your ranch?" And the guy says, five acres." Well, that's not much of a ranch, is it? Where is it? It's in downtown Dallas. <laughs> that's a great joke. That is actually pretty. That's pretty good, David. I like that. You know, so it's all relative to. Uh, it's. Uh, you know, David. There's also something going on right now that it's uh, the Obama administration has taken an enormous an enormous amount of heat uh, from uh, some advocates out there because they are. Uh, the Obama administration is detaining um, children and women uh, that cross the border. And, and they're not detaining. You say, okay, that's fine. Uh, but they're not detaining for a month or two months. Uh, many of these women and children have been in jail for a year. 
with no criminal charges against them because their immigration cases are taking so long. Um, and uh, it's, it stuns me that the Obama administration can say, hey, we support DAPA or DACA or immigration reform, and then detain women and children. Uh, a friend of mine, Brian Johnson, uh, is a great young lawyer, uh, but he represents a, uh, uh, a family who, um, a mother and a daughter, she was 19 when she came across the border. She had a small baby with her. Uh, several months ago, she was so desperate in jail, in this camp that they're at, this, this, this jail she's at, she cut her wrist, tried to kill herself. Uh, and uh, they didn't even take her to the hospital. They didn't take her to the hospital. They just treated her there at the jail. They didn't get her to see a therapist. They didn't release her to family who were in the United States. She has other family here that could take care of her. You have to wonder, what the hell is going on inside the bind of the Obama administration? I, you know, I think both sides of the aisle are beginning to ask that question. Well, I mean... On every, on not just on this, Obamacare, on immigration, on the economy, on ISIS, on... You name something, and I don't think he's clearly defined a thing in, in seven years. Well, it is... Um, this, this case particularly, Brian wrote a letter to Jay Johnson yesterday, and, I, and I, again, I, I just think Brian and his wife, uh, who are partners, are really the future of immigration attorneys. They are just, I think they're exceptionally passionate, uh, exceptionally talented um, uh, lawyers. And uh, he wrote this letter to Secretary Johnson, and I didn't ask Brian for permission to read this, but he put it on the internet, so it's probably okay. Uh, Dear Secretary Johnson, I'm an attorney representing Lily, uh, this, this client, a 19-year-old girl who attempted to kill herself by cutting her wrist at the Carnes County Residential Center. She was driven to this desperate act, in her own words, because she would, quote, rather be dead than see her son fail along with her, because her son's detained with her. Through this letter, I demand the immediate stay of removal and subsequent release from detention of Lily and her son. If Lily and her son are not released from detention to a safe place in the U.S. by close of business today... Evidence will be released that shows DHS willfully detained Lily and her son and hundreds of other families for over a month in clear violation of the law. The depravity of DHS's actions against Lillian is breathtaking. Immediately after Lillian was found bleeding from her wrist by prison guards, she was thrown into solitary confinement cell as punishment and stripped of all of her clothes except for a robe. Her four-year-old son became an unaccompanied minor, yet inexplicably remained detained in a secure, locked down prison for five days in clear violation of the law, which requires DHS to transfer unaccompanied minor children to the custody of HHS. This innocent baby boy was terrorized so the DS could remove him and his mom before she could tell her story. Only one day after Lydia attempted to kill herself, ICE officials brought her to the consulate of Honduras so she and her son could be removed immediately. Yesterday, I confirmed with an ICE official that Lily and her son were transferred for removal to her native country of Honduras. Lily is entitled to remain in the U.S. for several avenues of relief, including special immigrant juvenile status, because she is under the age of 21, and reunification of her parents is not viable under New York law. I am, I act alone in this letter. I you may question the motives of Payne's correspondence. Brian Johnson, uh, he should be nominated for Hero of the Day uh, for what he's done to help these women, and his client, um, who is simply was literally fleeing harm in her home country, seeking asylum here, uh, being intentionally harmed. This is a a 19-year-old girl, basically, with a 4-year-old child. Um, It stuns me that the Obama administration glosses over the detention uh, 
of women like this. This is just stunning. Uh, let's take a breath and come back here on the Immigration Era on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano, o tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar cómo, qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611. 404-816-8611. O visítenos por el internet al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour. We'll back. Well, not break. We can back on the Immigration Hour. I was like, wow, what was I saying? We were talking about talking about Brian talking about Brian Johnson's client. He's the woman's also represented by Javier Maldonado, and Javier, who's actually in San Antonio, said this: ICE prevented us from having access to her under the guise she's under medical observation, and then an hour or two before the plane departs, she's getting medical clearance and put on the plane. It's only the latest evidence to stoke this problem. Think about this: this is Olivia was sent uh, to Carnes under mandatory detention because of an, a previous order to enter the country, previous attempt to enter the country illegally. So in, in May 2014, last year, uh, she was deported. She tried again in October to come back in uh, because she didn't get a hearing last time on her case. She told an asylum officer that she fled Honduras because she was the victim of domestic violence from an ex-partner who had been beating her since she was 13. She'd also been raped by three other men that Honduran officials failed to prosecute. But despite repeated attempts, Olivia failed to convince the judge she should be allowed in the state of the United States. She lost her last appeal. In uh, Wednesday, she was found locked in a bathroom in the facility after alleging cutting her own wrist. She left a note behind charging officials for, for withheld her for treating her worse than an, ass, an animal and killing me little by little. You never wanted me to give my freedom. I do this because I would rather be dead than seeing my son fail along with me. Um, this is just... Um, uh, Again, the, the, the Obama administration and ICE in their failure to recognize and protect vulnerable women and children in jail stunned me. Um, I mean, e- even somebody who's seen this for 25 years, I am stunned that a Democratic administration or a Republican administration would do this. And no, David, you're right. You mentioned in the hour, why hasn't Fox News caught up to this? I don't know why Fox hasn't caught up to this, but I can tell you this. Um, it is not the last we hear of this because there are other women like Olivia who, have, who are going through this right now. And there are other lawyers like Javier and Brian who are bringing this to the attention of people. It is just stunning. I will, I'll call Brian and see if he'll come on next week and talk about this. I'm not sure they actually deported her. Uh, it was, it's a little unclear from the article whether it actually happened. So I, I'm looking forward to talking to Brian. I'll see if we can get him on the air and talk to us about this. 
lack for you to talk to them about this case, but the the contractual prisons across the country. Oh, I, he'd, I'm sure he'd be happy to talk about that. Uh, which I think, sh- David, you're a Republican, or you're a conservative. Let's not talk Republican, but you probably think at least some things in government should be privatized, could be better run by the government. Are prisons really one of those things? You know, again, I, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have federal prisons and why you have state prisons. And I think if you're going to... I don't have a problem with contractual prisons, privately held prisons, if the state does their due diligence in maintaining and overseeing. Which is clearly not happening. Which is clearly not happening. Uh, from a federal standpoint, um, I, you know, I, I do think there should be federal prisons, which there are, mm-hmm. and the feds should be, take their responsibility. Right. But you, you, it's like everything else. Everything, the water has gotten so muddy. Is it state or is it federal? Is it this or is you it that? You know what it reminds me of? RoboCop. Yeah. Where, where the city the city gets bought by a private corporation and they have the private police and stuff. Um, I would, you know, talking about that, your home or your business location, I was totally opposed, quite frankly, by um, uh, Sandy Springs. And when they... Sandy Springs they, is a city that we live in here, folks. When here. they, uh, when they uh, privatized all, uh, with the exception of the police and the fire department. Uh, everything else is is contractual, and it's they've done quite well with it because but they it, oversee it with a strong mayor and a strong city council. Yeah. But when when ICE completely abandons responsibility for these detention centers and lets them be run by people who are immune basically to litigation, immune to suit, uh, to do what they don't well please, it is just um, it, it's just terrible. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. So let's see if we can get Brian on next week. That would be awesome. I'll give Brian a call and uh, see if he w- will join us next week. Hopefully he doesn't have court. Usually he's in court every day. I've tried before, but he's in court a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, we've got uh, the Obama administration, uh, who has also now um, uh, not moved forward with, as we talked earlier, with the other executive actions. Obama says they're moving forward on, but haven't. Things like allowing individuals to file for their green card when they're part of the, it's not current, so they're in the line and they can be here while they're in the line, uh, rather than keeping them out of the country, uh, particularly for employers, or allowing individuals to not not counting individuals towards the number of allowable green cards that are dependents and, and, and children, and only counting people who are actually doing the jobs. Uh, all those things, uh, along with many, many other things the Obama administration announced in November of 2014 that they're not doing is further evidence that the Obama administration doesn't give a damn about immigration or immigrants. And my th- my view is, if you think Hillary gives any more damn than that, you're sadly mistaken. Now, Bernie Sanders is a socialist, and I don't think he gives a damn either <laughs> about that. Um, so, I, I, to me, I, I just remain frustrated. Have you ever noticed that Democrats, as a rule... Uh, don't give a damn about anything that is subjected to problems. That is a is a solution has to have a solution. No, I, I don't think that's necessarily true, David. Because I, I think the Affordable Care Act is a solution to a great problem. 
it might not. And I think you would also agree with me that healthcare in America has a problem that that needs a solution. Now, the Affordable Care Act might not be the correct solution, but it's an attempt at one at least. Well, I, I think particularly it, in light of that, there is no alternative. But you go back. You go back to your statement about do I think the government should uh, be in the prison business? Well, I don't think they. I think in some terms they should, but I don't think they should be in the health care business. Yeah, where is the alternative solution, David? The 1950s, the 1960s. Yeah, but today, we don't live in the 50s and 60s. We live in 2015. Go back to capitalization. Well, that's not going to happen, apparently. Because well, it is happening, actually. Uh, doctors doctors are, are faced with one of two choices. They can, they can be uh, harassed into living a mediocre life under the government's thumb, or they can go out on their own, and they're well, going out on true. their own. I'm talking about from, from, from you know, I, well, as much as I feel bad for doctors not being able to pay off their loans, the reality is health care is about the individuals in America, not about the doctors. Well, uh, and the and, individuals and we should, should not stand be living in, in a country in which people who need medical care can't get the medical care that will save or better their lives. That's crazy. Well, look at okay. Well, they've implemented. Uh, you don't want to get me going on this. I do. They, I, uh, <laughs> you know, under Obamacare, the thing uh, that people don't understand is the, uh, and it's happening today in and day out. Uh, the the you can call them death panels, whatever you want to call them, between Obamacare and the insurance companies that are cutting water off for you. Um, somebody in their seventies. Better not get sick, or you'll be thrown in a hospice. And I think you day. listen to Sarah Palin a little too much. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, in fact, I know I've, I've got doctors that do shows here that can tell you, give you examples, names, dates, and everything else that you want. And well, it's happening. It's happening now. Th- then, David, where are the GOP with their solution? Where's the Where's the GOP with their solution? There's only two political parties in America. So, they, they, where is the GOP with their solution? They control Congress, right? They can get anything passed they want to get passed, right? So where is the solution? Where is it? I think they'll be coming with one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're going to pass immigration reform and the unicorns are going to populate the (laughs) earth again, right? You know, that's the problem. They complain, but they do nothing. Because by complaining, they can remain in power by getting people to believe that they have a solution when, in fact, they have nothing. Democrats are the same way, but... Republicans right now control the Congress. Oh, if, and I, and, and I agree if they, they passed anything, Obama would probably sign it. But they do nothing. They don't even try to do anything. He won't do anything that would upset his legacy of Obamacare. Well, you know what? If they pass a, a, a health insurance plan or a health policy plan or a health a way to, for Americans to get the treatment they need, and it's called an extension of Medicaid, whatever you want to call it, I think he'd sign it. If, especially if the Supreme Court strikes down Obamacare, that that okay would but, be no option. And, and uh, you, you talk about Obama trying to influence the court. Well, the GOP is doing the same thing by saying we don't have an alternative plan. You don't think that's influencing the court? What if we strike this down? What's the plan? Scalia is trying to like I don't care, not my problem. I have federal government health insurance. I'm okay. <laughs> um, but I'm back on the immigration front. This the same thing boils over into the immigration field, everything. where neither everything party boils over into is, everything. neither party is willing to together work together to get to where they can have a compromise. The Senate was a couple years ago, but the House wasn't willing to compromise. And I go back to how we started the show uh, after the Garden Update, in that we had <laughs> individuals 
outside of the Beltway, pundits, business owners who recognize the need to get together and make this happen, uh, and who also feel that Obama's not the guy to make this happen, and there's a way forward for the GOP, but without doing this, without passing some sort of immigration bill that accounts for the 11 million, that accounts for border security, that accounts for future flow, that accounts for temporary work visas, that accounts for bringing in more highly educated people, that does all these things, and you can do a piecemeal, you can do it one by one, but understand, the Democrats won't let you do a piecemeal because they're afraid you won't do the big stuff later. So get together, make it, create all the bills. Day one, we have this vote. Day two, we have this vote. Day three, we have this vote. Day four, we have that vote. Day five, we have that vote. And we make it happen. It's not going to happen, David. No, and for that man. reason, you will be calling her President Clinton in January 2017. Write that down, David. <laughs> Write that down. Um, She'll never make it. David, yeah, I you promise you she's going to be President of the United States unless the GOP does something on immigration. I promise you. Because, you know, what doesn't kill the Clintons makes them stronger. <laughs> and Benghazi's not going to kill her. And her emails are not going to kill her. And nothing else the Democrats have on her, including her papers when she was in college, are going to kill her. There isn't anything left. They, they've opened up both barrels on a woman, and she still beats them all. She got think, 17 guys attacking her, and one woman, and she still beats them all. I think, I think Hillary will kill herself. No, no. I don't think so. David, I think she's going to set a precedent for how long you can go without actually talking to the press and still run for President of the United States. Been a great week this week. We're going to come back next week. Hopefully have a special guest next week if I can get a hold of Brian uh, and convince him to come on the air and talk about uh, the tension and his, and his clients and the remarkable work him and his wife are doing on Special Immigrant Juveniles. Until then, have a great week. This is Chuck Cook, your host of the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.